Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas, and you're listening to Life Over Coffee. I had someone write in, and they asked me the question about writing. How do you write blog content? How can you write in such a way that you can get eyes on your content? You want to teach people and they're asking me some of the some of the mechanics of it, and maybe some of the philosophical ideas that are essential when you're thinking about building, maybe even building a ministry as a online blogger. It is something that is very common, whether it's a ministry or not. There are millions and millions of blogs out there. Everybody is a writer, and so they're asking the question: How to write well? Well, I want to devote this episode of Life Over Coffee to that question because it is a good one. It is something that is near to my heart. I have a few things that I want to share, both mechanically but also philosophically, and so I want to do that right now. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, this is episode 417. I titled this uh, podcast, this episode, Secrets That Teach You How to Write Compelling Blog Content. Let me share with you what the individual wrote in and asked me, and then I'll break it down as I work through these various questions. So we had a supporting member write in, and he said, I believe I have something to say but I'm unsure how to say it, and I don't know the mechanics of crafting a blog article that compels someone to hang with me. Well, there are two parts to that statement there. I don't know the mechanics of crafting a blog article, and so I think that is essential. And so I want, I want to talk about that. But then uh, he says that compels them to hang with me. And so I want to speak to the compelling aspect of the statement that he has here. He goes on and he says, what are the secrets to writing well so that people will want to read what I have to say? What are some of the things you have learned that have worked to build a loyal following? I am sure some tips and tricks from an experienced pro would help a person rise above the millions of bloggers out there who are competing to build a following, and there is no question about that. There are millions of bloggers out there. You can get a WordPress blog for free. And, and you can start writing today. You could probably do that in 30 minutes or less. And so it is easy to do. Anybody that wants a megaphone can have a megaphone. But uh, how do you rise above the rest? It is like a needle in a haystack. Well, how does your needle shine in such a way that people want to come back and read again and again what you want to say? Well, that's what this individual uh, is asking me. And again, there are basically two parts to the questions and the comments that he's making. One is the actual structural mechanics of crafting and building a blog article. I want to speak to that briefly because that is important. Presentation does have a lot to do with what we do in the blogging world. But then I also want to talk about some of the philosophical backdrop issues that you really have to think about to know if this is something that you believe God has gifted you. Because everybody with a pen is not necessarily a writer. Everybody that owns a ball bat is not necessarily a good baseball player. And so what I would encourage you to do is to go to episode 417 
And what you can do is you can look through these show notes here. You can listen to the podcast. You can watch the video that I am producing. But then I have several links here that I think would be beneficial for you so that you can really do a deeper, more in-depth study to see if this is something that you think you should try. If you do, then I would encourage you to start doing it. When is the best time to start writing? Yesterday. That's, that's the best time. And one of the keys to writing well is to getting your reps in because nobody writes and they write well right out of the chute. And so repetition is very important. This is one of the things that we teach our mastermind students in our online discipleship training program. If you want to be a good biblical counselor in that context, well, getting the training, learning the essentials, well, that is something that you need to know, but also getting your reps in, uh, you need to do that too. And so you can learn how to be a counselor from an academic perspective, but you will not be a good one till five to seven years later if you are doing it consistently. Now, that is the same for any discipline. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want to play a piano, you can learn the mechanics of piano playing, but you won't be proficient for many years. And of course, you can plug any other discipline into that and write is one of those disciplines. So I commend our supporting member for asking the question. This is something that I always want to talk about. I don't try to map my hobby, my vocation, my love over other people because I know that it can be a mismatch in many cases that they're just not wired this way. But if you think you might be wired this way, then this is something that I love talking about, and I want to motivate and encourage as many people as possible to, especially if they are thinking about talking about Christocentric ideas, I want them to be out there telling people about our great God. And so in this episode, I'm going to break it down into three parts. I want to talk briefly about the mechanics of actually crafting a blog post, because that is important important. And then I want to get into some of the philosophical issues that you want to think about. And then I will finish with eight or nine tips, and I'll just work through those in a bulleted fashion, things that I believe are essential as you think about this idea of moving into a blogging or writing career. Not just blogging. I mean, this can also transition into writing books, of course, and I would encourage that. I would not close in this thing at all. Keep your keep your thoughts and, and your plans open. Who knows how God may lead you, but you have to start somewhere, and blogging is a simple, easy first step as far as getting on a, a platform because it is free. Anybody can do it, and it's not a complicated process. All right, so let's talk about the mechanics of blogging. Well, there are three aspects to an article, and they work in a sequential order. The first one is the title of the article that you are writing. The second is the photograph, and I would encourage you, encourage you to use images. A picture is worth a thousand words, and so if you want to write a good article, you can actually double your content by having a photograph that communicates the message that is consistent with the article that you have written. And so a, a well 
chosen photograph is a smart idea, and I would encourage you to do that. And so you have the title of the article, you have an image, and then you have the actual content. Now, that is the sequence. Now, it's key to remember that we live at the speed of the Internet. People move rapidly through their devices or their laptops and desktops. Think about you going through your Instagram account or your Facebook page or scrolling Twitter, for example. You do that rapidly, and so you only have a second or two to be able to capture somebody's eyeballs, and that's why you want to think through all three of these elements in sequence. Now, the first one, let's say, is the title. Maybe they'll see the photograph first, uh, but either way, the title needs to be compelling. Now, you, you don't want to give over to sensationalism. You don't want to give over to any kind of deceit. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to give over to clickbait, and unfortunately, some people do do that. And so somewhere between a boring title and a sensational title is where you want to land. You want to be honest that you're communicating exactly what your content is, but you want to do it in a way that is compelling. Now, I have a link here to a headline analyzer that I use, and it has helped me. It has trained me over the years to know how to write a good headline, a good title. It it weighs your the emotional words that you use. It weighs keywords that are popular for the uh, spiders on the web, the Google the Google crawlers, and it gives you a grade on the title. And so it may be well worth your time to think about. Uh, devoting to this headline analyzer. You can click on it. It's right here in episode 417. Or you can find, there's other headline analyzers out there. I use the one here, and you're welcome to do that. And just practice writing headlines, staying within those two ditches. I don't want to be boring, but I want to maintain my integrity, and so I don't want to go clickbaity or be overly sensational. And so the title does matter, Use a headline analyzer if you're not good at it, and most of us aren't, and it can train you. And then the second thing is the photograph. Again, worth 1,000 words. And so you want to have a photograph, and there's several things to consider. One, I recommend that you own the photograph. I use the pro account for Canva. I do it so that we can own the photograph. There's not a photograph on our website that we don't own. Now, the reason for that is, is some people will just go and grab a photograph, like, say, off Flickr. Well, there are people that put photographs on uh, certain platforms like Flickr, hoping that you will use it and not give them attribution. And then you might get a letter from an attorney where you're being sued for using a photograph that you did not appropriately attribute. And so... I have just decided years ago that what I will do is just own the photograph outright so I don't have to worry about that. The second thing about the photograph is that it needs to be tied into your brand. What are you trying to communicate, not just in this article, but what is your niche? What is the thing that you are communicating? It's like walking into a house, let's say a room. You want everything to be tied together, the carpet, the paint, the the pictures on the wall, the furniture, the, the lighting. Everything just ties together. It makes sense. There is no disjointedness to it. 
For example, our brand basically is helping people. This podcast is called Life Over Coffee. And so it is a relational ministry. That's what we have. Therefore, we do not have any computer-generated Photoshopped photographs on our website at all, zero. And again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with those types of photographs, but that does not tie into our ministry when you think about your, as I illustrated, with your home decor. And so when you walk into our ministry, whether you see a title or see a photograph or read the content, and it doesn't matter what room you go into, every room, it just makes sense because everything communicates a similar message. And so you want to think through what are you about? What's the thing that you are trying to communicate? What kind of audience you are looking for? And then you want your photographs, one, you want to own it, two, you want it to be consistent uh, with your brand. And then the third aspect is the actual blog content. Now, there's a couple of Well, there's a lot, but there's two things I want to mention. One is the size of the blog content and then the consistency of it. How often do you blog? Let's take the second thing first. You want to blog consistently. Now, there's no data out there that they have researched and they said it's it's best to write once a week, twice a week, three times a week, five or seven times a week. It's all over the map. And so it really just depends upon you. The key is is that you are consistent. Think about bloggers that you like to read or podcasts that you like to listen to. You know their pace. You know their sequencing. You know, I mean, you you might say something like, well, I know Thursday this podcast is going to drop, and, and so I'm waiting for that podcast because they are consistent, and that's what they do every Thursday, or that's what they do every day at noon or whatever. But you want to be consistent. And so you'll have to think through, if I'm going to be a blogger, uh, one, how much do I have in the tank? How much stamina do I have? How often can I write? I want to sit down and count the cost before I build that tower to use Jesus's illustration in Luke 14. Whatever that pace is, you want to be consistent. What you don't want to do is to start something that you cannot finish because you set up an expectation. And if people want to read you, if they want to follow you, they will expect you uh, to follow through and you don't want to disappoint them. And so you figure it out. If it's once a week, once every two weeks, again, the pace is not as relevant as the consistency that you are writing. And then the length of the content, well, that's also dependent upon you. If you write less, as far as word count is concerned, you'll have more readers. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, we have been trained to read on the internet, and briefer is better. And then two, it's also physically easier because most people read on their devices like a mobile phone, and it is it's not like reading a book. And so you're not going to be staring at your phone forever and ever and ever. And so if you have long content, it will be harder to retain your audience. And so briefer with a lot of white space because you want to relax their eyes, physically relaxing their eyes. If you have it all jumbled up and you, you're, you're, there's not enough spacing or white space on the computer screen, it will be very taxing for the person's eyes and they will just stop. And so if you're writing 500 to 750 words, that is an excellent word count. But with that being said, I don't write that way. I write 2,000 
Word articles a little bit more. And the reason that I do that is because I am writing to leaders. When I first started blogging many years ago, I wrote brief like 500 words, and I had an audience, uh, but it was a drive-by audience that was just reading the way people would read a, a Twitter screen or read quotes, and they're just moving through Facebook, so to speak. And it really wasn't developing anything. It wasn't adding value. It was just making more noise and taking up time for them and me. And so as I began to think about that, I wanted to change my demographic. And so I began to write longer articles because the demographic going from, I'll just put it this way, instead of writing to council Lees who wanted a quick flyby snippet of something of 500 words, I wanted to write to counselors. I wanted to write to leaders, pastors, small group leaders, disciple makers, people who want to come alongside other people. Therefore, I wanted to write more complex articles that presented the problem and the solution and a call to action and really gave them some direction and so it was it was more like the psalms where you know david would write and here's my problem and here's the solution and so 2000 words was a good length for me and so that's why i wrote why i do write those type articles for the most part now the second reason i do that is that i am writing chapters to future books and so every article virtually that i write potentially is a book that I hope to produce sometime in the future. And so I can write an article and then I can have it peer reviewed. Basically, it goes out on the internet, social media, people critique it, people uh, give me comments, people give me feedback, and that helps me to be able to refine it. So in a sense, I am helping them by writing what I think is good quality content, but they are helping me by their feedback that I receive so that if it does eventually, if that article eventually makes it to a book, which several of them have, well, it's been peer-reviewed, and so it's it's been vetted of sorts. So those are the two reasons that I write 2,000 words, but briefer would be better. Now, those are a few uh, mechanics that uh, for you to think about, and now I want to talk about some just some philosophical ideas for you to consider, and I'll mention uh, three of those, and the first one is, are you interesting? And this is important. Are you interesting? I mean, if you're going to write, you're going to have to be interesting because people are going to be interested in what you have to say. Could you walk in a room and just start talking for 30 minutes nonstop and people want to listen to what you have to say? Now, that is important, and I don't mean it critically or judgmentally, but it's something that you will have to, to self-assess. Are you an interesting person? Well, Jesus was an interesting person. I mean, he, he was very interesting, and not only was he interesting, but people wanted to hear what he had to say. And so one of the keys to being interesting, by the way, is not being like everyone else. Now, this is important, and I have an article here that's titled something about finding your voice, and so go to episode 417 and click on that article because my my strongest appeal for you is that you become who God wants you to be, and you don't glom on to some other personality. That would be my strongest appeal. If you, if you 
be who God has made you to be, and you're uninteresting, fine. But if you imitate someone else because you're because of selfish ambition, or you're ashamed of who you are, or you're not sure if people will like you, you're not being true to yourself, and you're not being honest with them. Be who you are, because you can't be somebody else as a writer and think about that as being a 10 and 20 year plan, because you can't keep imitating somebody else. Be who you are. It will make life a lot easier for you. And if you're not interesting and nobody wants to read what you have to write, well, fine. Fine, you can find something else to do, but you were true to yourself. You communicated according to how God has gifted you. One of the things that I find in my world of biblical counseling is there, there is, quite frankly, there is a lack of interesting people. It, it seems like, again, for my team, biblical counselors, that all the books that you read seem to be the same. It's just a regurgitation of the same old stuff. Now, I don't read biblical counseling books anymore. I haven't read any in years. Sometimes somebody will give me one, and, and I may read it, but it would be exceptional. I'd rather read books that are interesting by interesting people who write uniquely. Within the biblical counseling work, now if you're new to biblical counseling, well, it's all interesting. But after a while, you'll see these recurring themes and it just gets dull after a while. But the person who did this better than anyone else, in my view, was David Pallison. He had a unique voice. He didn't write like anyone else. He didn't communicate like anyone else. And I love, I still love reading David Pallison, by the way. He was a wordsmither. He could turn a phrase that could literally stop you in your tracks, and it's like, wow, I want to focus on this phrase. It wasn't the regurgitation of the same old, same old, which some of us are, are guilty of, but yet he had a unique voice. He could turn a phrase in such a way that was very compelling, and he was super interesting. And if you have the gift, and that's what you want to explore, but I would just encourage anyone, don't try to be like anyone else. And so the question that you want to ask yourself, am I interesting? Now, the second thing is, do you understand other people? Because you have to write from an other-centered perspective. You have to, because people aren't interested in you. People don't care about me. They care about themselves. When you go to the grocery store, you go because you are interested in what is in it for me. That is the thing. What is in it for me? And that's why you go wherever you go. You go get gas because you're interested in getting the gasoline. You go to the grocery store because you're interested in getting the groceries for you and your family. When you read, you're interested. You don't care about the author. I mean, you may read something and, and say, man, I read this one. Who wrote it? I don't know. I don't know. And so people are interested in you. Nobody cares about you. And, and it's important to know that. And therefore, what you want to do is you want to put yourself in the mind of the other person and you want to write to them, not to you. You cannot write to yourself. You want to write 
to them, and that is very important. Jesus had a way of communicating that resonated with his audience. Think about it like in the selfie world. You go on social media, people are showing all of these pictures of themselves. Who cares? I don't care about them. I don't care about you. I don't care about your photographs. I care about me. Well, when people come to read whatever it is that you have to write, it's because they're interested in themselves. And so asking God to give you the insight into the mind of another person so that you can create in such a way that it resonates with them. It's like, yeah, you're reading my mail. That's what you want. Wow, that spoke to me. That's what you want. And if they're saying things like that spoke to me or you're reading my mail or do you have cameras in my house because that sounds like my life, well, then you you have the gift of writing in such a way that's very compelling, and that will be interesting. And so I'm asking you, do you understand other people? And do you write in an other-centered way? This is episode 417, Secrets That Teach You How to Write Compelling Blog Content. I want to wrap up by giving you nine quick tips. And again, what I have here is not an exhaustive treatment on writing blog content, but I hope it will be motivational. The first thing is, is that you need to know your purpose and you need to do that, do that one thing well. And so if you're a travel vlogger, then you 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 vlog on traveling. That's what you do. You are a travel vlogger and that's what you write about. You don't write an article on how to drop an engine out of a out of a car and then write another article on uh, how to have an excellent golf swing, uh, the perfect posture for a golf swing. That's three different genres and People don't. People won't know who you are or what you are about. And so, focus on the one thing that you do well. I have a niche. My niche is as I I write about people problems, people in situational difficulties. And so, over the years, it has become more and more refined. It used to be in the beginning. I I did write to counselees, and I did counseling, but I haven't done counseling since 2015. It's been many years since I've I've done counseling as a regular practice. Now, for the last many years, I write to leaders, as I was talking about earlier. That's why my content shifted from 750 words to 2,000 as I continue to refine what I am about, and you want to continue to refine your purpose as well. Number two, don't try to be famous. Don't try to be famous. Do not try to be famous. I, 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 I just don't. Selfish ambition. You won't be true to yourself. You'll write sensational headlines, and you, you'll start monkeying with things. You'll lose your integrity. You'll imitate other people. You'll submit to organizations because they'll give you a bump. You can get that they'll they, they will promote you, and then you'll start compromising who you are. Don't try to be famous. Be true to yourself. Because once you start submitting to organizations and individuals and imitating other people and writing in such a way to manipulate and clickbait, well, then you have lost yourself. You have just lost yourself. And you, you will not have that unique voice. To be unique, you have to stand and fall according to who God has made you. Don't try to be famous. Number three, read all the time. 
read all the time. Number four, read people who write well, whether they're in your genre or not. Study their wordsmithing and their phrase turning. Number five, follow those who are doing it well. Again, whether they're in your uh, niche or not, follow those who are blogging well. Follow those who are building a business or a ministry well. I follow a lot of secular people who have nothing to do with what I do, uh, but there is a parallel track here, and so follow those who are doing it well. Write all the time, even if you never publish. I started writing daily uh, in 1994, and so we're bumping 30 years now, and so I would encourage you to write all the time, not necessarily with publishing in mind, but just write, do the physical work, getting your reps in, and also think as a writer. One of the keys to writing well is spending time in reflection. Reflection. You can't write well if you're not an introspective, reflecting person, and so you want to spend time reflecting. Honestly, I spend more time reflecting than I do writing. It takes longer to noodle on something than it does to do the actual writing. And so uh, number uh, six, write all the time. Number seven, be reflective. Number eight, don't write like anyone else I've already talked about. Uh, Number nine, be consistent as I've talked about as well when publishing blogs because you want to create an expectation. And then finally, number 10, I have some embedded links here, and I would encourage you uh, to take advantage of the links, especially the one I was talking about earlier about finding finding your voice to be the person that God uh, wants you to be. I have another one here titled, Two Reasons Why You Should Start Writing uh, Today, and then there's another here as well as other links. And so I would just encourage you Uh, to step out there and just start doing it. It is a phenomenal thing, but I know it's not for everybody. If you're one of our supporting members, by the way, I would encourage you to jump on our uh, forums. And if you want to talk more through this, I mean, we, we would love to try to offer more advice and guidance if we can, and uh, that would be a privilege to do that. I want to motivate you in any way that we possibly can. This is episode 417, Secrets That Teach You How to Write, Compelling Blog Content. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.